Good morning. And uh, welcome to Amazing Love. It is so good to see you. Today is a day of celebration. I don't know how many of you are here for Dan and Laura's wedding. You can raise your hand. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And we are just honored that you would be with us and uh, share their special day and also rejoice in the love of God. See, every time we gather at church, there is a celebration. Uh, not just of Dan and Laura, although that's a good celebration, but of Jesus Christ. And uh, again, wanted to welcome you if you're new to this space. Even if you don't consider yourself a Christian, you're so welcome to be among us and hear again about God. And we're always hoping that two things would happen. That number one, when you walk out the door today, you would know why we call God's love amazing. I hope that happens. And number two, you would hear how he's using his word, which is living and active, to speak into your life, to give you some guidance, direction, and perspective. And so that's what we hope that would be accomplished. Uh, we'd also love to get to know you. So in front of you, there are connection cards. If you could take a moment and fill one of those out, you can put them in the offering baskets today, and that way we just celebrate your presence among us. So, so thank you. Now, there's one other thing that we do as you're gathered. Uh, this is a group, you're in a safe place, but uh, you need a little bit of courage for this next part, which is just greeting those around you. Uh, so if you could say good morning, say hello to those around you, we'd love uh, to do that now. I know some could probably talk the rest of the time, but we should probably get going. So you've joined us during a series, uh, and uh, this series, I think, has uh, so much impact for our lives because we all know what it is to be anxious, to struggle with some sort of anxiety or worry. And uh, we've been looking at different ways that we can spiritually attack anxiety, uh, the power of praise. Uh, we've been looking at prayer. Uh, but today is maybe the best as we focus on the love of God and what that does to drive out fear and drive out anxiety. So the power of love, not just a Celine Dion song, but also our theme for today. The power of love, which we'll talk about um, in our sermons and lessons. So um, thank you for being here. But now if you're comfortable, I invite you to join with me in prayer. Let's just ask God to bless us and be with us. Heavenly Father, I rejoice I rejoice that every time we gather, you promise to be among us in a very powerful way. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are here. And we thank you that you can give us the perspective on, on love and peace and joy, all found in Jesus Christ. Jesus loved us when we were unlovable. He died our death, living perfectly in our place. He rose again to assure us, today is a day of victory. Today is a day of peace. Today is a day of celebration because your love is true, it is real, it is here. Help us to celebrate it today in Jesus' name. Amen. And now I invite you to please stand. We have the opportunity to worship together. And something about worship, worship is less about getting the notes right and more about bringing your hearts to the Lord. 
And so uh, as you uh, hear the music, you'll be able to invite us and join in us uh, with the words on the screen before us. So please join with worship.
and so welcome to worship once again. Great to have everyone here. You know, in these moments, we get to be rebuilt and refreshed. And one of the ways we do that is just by confessing our sins, by declaring before the Lord we're broken. And in these moments, the music will play. I'll prompt you to pray about certain things, and then I'll pray for us at the very end. So as we've gathered, the first thing to, to bring before the Lord is a word of thanksgiving. Something good in your life that you just thank him for. It could be a person, an event, something that happened to you recently. Come before him with praise and thanksgiving. Next, we also bring to the Lord anything that's weighing heavy on our hearts. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and laden, and I will give you rest. So put on his shoulders whatever's weighing you down. We do that now. And finally, friends, we recognize our imperfections, our sins, our brokenness. It's an opportunity to lay that before the Lord and ask for his forgiveness and to trust that he has forgiven it. So bring before God your sins in these moments. And now I pray for us all. Heavenly Father, you know us. Every hair on our head, every misdeed, we couldn't hide from you if we wanted to. And while you've seen our worst, you responded with your best. You gave us Jesus, that we could be at peace, that we could be forgiven. Lord, I just pray that, that we would experience the power of your love, to know what it is to be accepted by you, all because of Jesus Christ. Renew us with the power of that forgiveness and the knowledge of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. We now continue with our next song.
Please be seated. Have any of you heard of a Sadie's Hawkins dance? Get the concept? That was always my favorite kind of dance because cowards could live. <laughs> a Sadie's Hawkins dance is when the guy doesn't have to ask because the girl is going to ask, and, uh, and, and so you don't need courage, and, and hopefully you just get asked. And I consider this in the realm of, of God's perfect love. One of the reasons I'm a Christian is not because I chose him, but because when I was waiting to be in the dance, he chose me. When I was dead in my trespasses and sins, he made me alive. And he made me alive to a love that is so much better than any dance. It's the greatest love. It's a love that loves me in spite and of all of my weaknesses, all of my failures. A love that sees me at my worst and yet lifts me up out of the pit. And this is the love that's also for you in Jesus Christ. We're reminded of this as we turn to our first lesson, uh, John chapter 15. I'm going to invite you to follow along as it's recorded for you in your worship folder. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that ever, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And this is my command, love each other. This is the powerful word of God. And now we're drawn to our second lesson for today. Our second lesson is really from uh, this whole series on anxiety. If you're looking for some scriptures that really combat mental health issues, it's Philippians 4, verses 4 to 8. When it comes to our mind space, what should we fill our minds with? Philippians 4, verse 8 tells us what to think about. A reading here. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, fill your mind. Think about such things. This is the word, and our meditation today will be filling our minds on the love that God has for us. We now continue with our hymn for today. We love to blend the old with the new, and so our hymn today is Holy, Holy, Holy.
So good morning once again. My goodness, it is great to have everyone here. As we get going, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Let's just ask God to bless the preaching of his word, so we pray. Heavenly Father, our opportunity today is to see Jesus and his love. I believe if we know that love, we'll never be the same. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. And it is a great day. How awesome. Congratulations to both Laura and Dan on this, your wedding day. And uh, welcome once again for all who've gathered to celebrate. And uh, you have found us in the midst of a series all on anxiety. And I don't know how many of you struggle with anxiety. We've been talking about how to handle it with prayer and praise. But today to get things going, I have an idea, and maybe you'll agree with it, maybe not, we'll see. That sometimes I believe we face anxiety when we care too much about what other people think about us. Can I get a head nod if you've ever been there? All right. For example, it's going to get a new haircut. And you have a game plan. You saw it on TV. You put it on your cell phone. You, you tell the, the hair cutter, you know, the, the, the dresser, this is exactly what it's like. And you're confident in the chair. But then you go home and you look in the mirror and maybe there are some who've even broken down in the mirror and said, I'm never going outside. It's not going to happen. This is crazy, right? Maybe it's that child. That child who you'd have to push out of the car to go to school or to go to that sporting event or to be part of that team or activity for the first time. We're anxious because we care what people think. Now, I was reminded of this this past week. This past week, I had an opportunity to go to a pastor's conference. We get together, we encourage one another with uh, God's word. It's a really, really cool thing. But there I saw a beginner pastor having to present to all these veteran pastors for the very first time. And I remember what this was like. I remember before I had to present this was about 10 years ago, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to resign. I can't handle this. God can use a donkey. I know that. He talks through a donkey, but he can't talk through me. I'm done, right? And I recognized his anxiety because after he was done, he was relaying how nervous he was because he fielded questions after the report. Uh, he, he had to answer to these veteran pastors what he thought on God's word. And, well, that can be intimidating. You've been intimidated by your peers. It's that presentation. It's going in for that project. It's, it's trying to tell that client, yeah, we know what we're doing, Right? And sometimes we can just care way too much what they think. In fact, to take it further, I think that sometimes we are just stewing in our worst case thinking. And we're waiting for them to confirm just how bad we know we are. For example, um, you might have that haircut and then the friend sees you and says, well, your haircut looks, and you fill in the blank, awful. I know, I know, awful, right? It's the worst. I've, don't worry, it'll grow. And your friend's like, I was going to say, great. Where'd you go, right? We're waiting sometimes for the confirmation of our worst case thinking. Which is also why, if you've ever experienced this, if you can relate to this, when it's your birthday on Facebook, it's an amazing day. Anyone know what I'm talking about? I mean, you go a couple times to see who said what and how many times they have just like, wow, you're amazing, you're the best, I'm so glad you got him into the world, you're, you're great, right? Can't get enough, bring it on, right? Or when you get the good report back, maybe it's a kid who gets an A++, that doesn't even make sense, but I love it, right? A++, that's me as a student. Or you go into the boss and, 
And they tell you, they give you the feedback of all the good things that you're doing, all the wonderful ways God made you, and you're like, yes, we love to hear an attaboy, right? But can we only hear good all the time if we care about what people think? Do we live in a world where there are only positive comments on social media? Do we live in a world where every client loves our work and every teacher loves our our classwork? That's not been my world. And so if we care so much about what people think, what we will do is we will rise and we will fall on their opinions, and their opinions change like the tide of the ocean. And if you're bound to only what people think, you are not in a secure place. You're in a place that is fraught with anxiety, fraught with insecurity, and it's really not a great way to live. Maybe you can relate. So the question is, is there another option? Is there a different way to get peace and security? And that's why I love being in this place. See, see, I don't know what your church experience is. But for me, it's about being re-centered by the perspective God gives. And it's a great perspective. It's about getting security at the cross of Christ and through his love. In fact, when it comes to this issue of insecurity, I learned from a man named Paul, the Apostle Paul, a Christ follower. And and he said when it comes to how he would live, he was going to live only with hearing the voice of God. Let me share with you how he did it. So this is the Apostle Paul who said, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to please people? If I were trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Did you get that? That's important. There's a clear dichotomy he's setting out. You can either live for people and try to get their approval, good luck, or you can live with God's voice overall, what we call an audience of one. You could live for the audience of the crowd, or you could live for an audience of one, and Paul says, I know how I'm going to live. I'm going to live only hearing God's voice above everything else. And you know what it leads to? Here's our second takeaway. That I do believe peace comes when we care more about what God thinks of us in Christ Jesus. Peace is possible when we crowd out every other thing and every other opinion and just hear over and over what he says in Christ Jesus, you and I are like. So can we do that in these moments? I was so geeked out, I was so excited just to share with you how God feels about you in Christ Jesus. So we're going to dive into the Word of God, and the Word of God today is written by a man named John, and if there's anyone who knew God's love, it was John. Uh, John referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Isn't that great? I wish I could talk to myself in the third person. I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. That's awesome. That's John. And John writes all about love today, all about what it is to be loved by God. And uh, when it comes to the Bible, we do believe that even academically, God had his handiwork in preserving Scripture. There are thousands of New Testament manuscripts that, that give evidence that his word has been faithfully preserved. It is reliable. And so because we rely on his voice coming through this word, We sometimes honor it by standing as we hear the word. So if you could, could you please stand as we hear the word of God speak to us? Here it is, um, and I'll invite your attention to the screen as it's uh, a few different verses than your worship folders. 
So here it is. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. That's Jesus. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God that God has for us. God is love. Who lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that they will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. And there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Some of the greatest words in the Bible. Before you sit down, could you turn to the person next to you and get involved and tell them he loves you more than you know right now. He loves you more than you know right now. Please be seated. Please be seated. Did I say it was a good day? It's a good day. Good day. You know, our world is filled with uh, impossibilities, things that uh, you and I just are not able to do. Um, I was reminded of this as I was scrolling on Facebook, and I saw someone in our circles. Uh, His name is Zach Bitter. And the reason uh, he made Facebook is because he just completed here running a hundred miles. A hundred miles. Now, not only did he run a hundred miles, but he kept a pace of six minutes and 47 seconds for the whole hundred miles. Now, for me, that is an impossibility. I had to laugh. I was at the gym the other day. I ran 3.1 miles. I was so exhausted and deflated lying on the floor that a very gracious man came over and asked if I needed help. (laughs) And that was not a 647 mile, friends. Yes, 100 miles at 647, that's an impossibility, isn't it? At least for me. I know another man. He's a great man. uh, Just completed an Ironman. An Ironman. And, and for many of us, this is an impossibility. I know it is for me, so congratulations, Greg. That's awesome. That's awesome. I know a little bit about Laura Witt and Laura's swimming prowess and, and how, how athletic you are, how many times you run up the Payless stairs. And for me, those stairs, that's like halfway, I'm good. I'm good. I don't know why. I, I, I'm there to bobsled. I'm not there to run. <laughs> but that's gone. Anyway, um, <laughs> That the world is filled with impossibilities. And one of the things I recognize as we now turn our attention to what God is saying to us today is that it is impossible to give to each other a perfect love. It is impossible for you and I to do love perfectly. In fact, uh, wise King Solomon said this in the book of Proverbs. He said, many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. And I don't know the last time that you've experienced this. It could be a friend who had good intentions who wasn't there when you needed to move. 
It could be a spouse who told you they were going to do such and such, and unfortunately, they didn't come through. What we recognize is our inability to give a perfect love. Which is why I love drawing our attention to who God is. When it comes to our lesson, consider again how God defines love. One of the verses that just struck me this week is this, that this is love. Can you say this with me? Not that we love God. That's not love. Because the agape love, the unfailing love, is not the same as the love that you and I give. You and I at one time or another have failed in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions before God. So the love that we need is the perfect love of Jesus Christ. And if you're taking notes, this is what I find, that peace is found in his perfect love, not in my love for him. See, this is what you need to know about Jesus. Jesus could do it perfectly. He did something more phenomenal than running 100 miles. Jesus came to earth. He lived every day with the same temptations, and he was never loveless. He never gave in to sin. And Jesus took on his back the the payment, the punishment for each and every sin so that you and I could be set free. And the only way to peace is not what I've done for God today and and not how, how good I look and how good I love. It is knowing that I was loved first and better by Jesus Christ. And so that brings me to marriage. What an awesome day. And what I love about this couple is that they have prioritized hearing the love of God. You know the love of God. You know how good he is. Even before you met, you knew you were good with that unfailing love that he has given. And that's going to be so essential because in in any marriage, we, we can't always get it right. And so, Dan, if I could just pause and remind you, you are a lucky man today. (laughs) Congratulations. Laura, you are such a bright light. But Dan, Laura doesn't have a perfect love. And Laura, I love this man. (laughs) He's just a great guy. Just a joy to be around. I don't know anyone who loves the word of God more. But I need to remind you, he can't give a perfect love. But I have a hunch that No matter what, your marriage is going to be supremely blessed because you both prioritize the only love that truly matters, the only love that truly gives peace, the love of Jesus Christ, and you guys will be blessed. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. We all have that same opportunity. I don't know who's in your life. I don't know who's loved you and who's failed you but you have the right to perfect love today that brings peace to hear words that change everything. And what I recognize is we need peace. This world is fraught with anxiety and fraught with fear. In fact, sometimes we know we've done wrong. We know we haven't always gotten it right, and sometimes we're fearful for what God might do over that. You know, it kind of reminds me of when I was growing up and uh, something that happened with my brother. My, my dad, to train my brother in driving a car, would let him back the car out of the garage. And he did it well pretty, pretty often. 
You know where this story is going? Until one day, <laughs> and I was still inside, but I could hear the noise, the noise of the front panel scratching and screeching against the garage railing. And sure enough, there was an indent about the size of a half basketball. And I didn't know that yet. All I know is that my brother came in the house running upstairs, hiding in his bedroom, right? And he was a teenager. And what he's fearful of is what is dad going to do when he sees his car, right? You ever been there? You ever wondered what's going to be like when dad or mom come home? When they figure out what you did at school? What happened at work? When the hammer finally drops. Do you know, I believe spiritually speaking, that's how most people live. See, we can't hide the fact that we're imperfect. Our conscience, it convicts us that we've been imperfect in love. And so every now and then we're wondering, God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? In fact, Scripture would even tell us that what we deserve from God is nothing good. The wages of sin is death. It is not goodness. It is wrath. And yet, even though you and I both feel that, and yet, look at what Scripture has revealed. Back to that verse. This is love, not that you love God, but that God loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for each and every sin ever committed in any time, no matter how big or small, no matter how recent or in the future, Every sin has been covered by the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The word in the Greek is hilasterion, which means propitiation, which means appeasement, which means it's the only thing that works to make sinners holy in front of a perfect and holy God. There is peace today. And so what I rejoice is that, re that peace replaces anxiety because we don't have to live with fear of punishment you're free. You have new mercies every day. You have a God who saw you at your worst because you couldn't hide and still gave you his best. So I, I don't know your experience with church, if, if you consider yourself a Christian, if it's been a long time. But maybe there are some who did live with the weight of thinking they had to be good enough or they had to love God or they had to do something for, for God to love them. And, and I want to set the record straight from his word. It's all on Jesus. That perfect sacrifice that we get to walk out of here with peace and joy, knowing how the story ends, knowing that we will live forever with a holy God. In fact, if I could go further. I love that in this lesson, it doesn't just say that God loves through Jesus Christ. It actually says God is love, which reminds me of a, a game you play. Uh, you know, if you look up this word in the dictionary, you'll find a picture of. Like if you look up the word strong in the dictionary, you'll find the, the picture of the Rock Johnson, Dwayne Johnson, right? If you look up the word beautiful in the dictionary, you'll, you'll find all your faces. If you look up the word hairy, you'll find my face. But if you look up the word love, you find God. And let me describe this love. It's better than an earthly love. The word is agape. It's unconditional love. It's undeserved love, unmerited love. It's a love of commitment and action that when we could give nothing, he gave everything. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. This is God. And I don't know about you, but I want to live with the knowledge of this love every day of my life. Because I face anxiety. 
and I face insecurity. What about you? But I was compelled by a vision. What if this sank deep in our soul? What if it was the bedrock we live life upon? Let me ask it this way. How would you be different if you saw yourself loved, approved of, and accepted, and worthy? Would it change your gait? Would it change how you go to the office? Would it change how you react in certain situations? Would it give you a a sense of security? You know, I had a vision of what it might do for those who truly live by this. And it was a vision given to me by a two-year-old named William. And I want to share you uh, this vision of what I believe, if you really believe this, that God loved you all because of Jesus Christ and you are worthy and accepted what you might be able to do. Are you ready to see it? So this is my understanding, and and go with me here if if you'll permit me. Uh, Here's William. He's going to show us what it's like to live worthy, accepted. his courage, right? All these adults, you know, and and he's not worried about making a mistake. He's not worried about getting all the dance moves right. And why is that? Because he's living loved, isn't he? Because he hears the applause. Because he knows everyone gathered around the dance floor, probably his mom calling out and his grandmother and his grandfather, they're saying, you go, young kid, you go. So he can go and he can be silly And what if we live that way? What if you went out today no longer afraid that you were going to be a failure? What if you just said, you know what, I'm going to dance, I'm going to go for it because I already know the applause of heaven, which is greater by far. I know that my father looks down on me and says, young child, (laughs) you're awesome. Young child, you are perfect and clothed with the righteousness of my own son Jesus, so you just go for it. And maybe there are some people who need to hear, you know what, you can come out of hiding today. Out of that closet of shame and guilt, you can come out because God already knows he's forgiven it and he loves. For some of you, you need to hear, you can try again. Yeah, you failed. So what? He loves you. Pick yourself up again. Know the applause of heaven and the forgiveness of Jesus 
And some of you just need to take it up a notch. You're already living loved, but you got to take it up a notch and maybe have some spiritual swagger as you get out on the dance floor and you just try because you know what your father thinks of you. See, this is what I believe, that knowing we are loved, we can live without fear of past or future failure. That's your right today, to go out and dance today. And it's so awesome. In fact, this is exactly what Jesus wants for us. You know, he said, there is no fear in love. <laughs> There's only the applause of heaven. Fear, ha fear has to do with punishment, but our punishment's been paid, so what do we have? We have peace. We have peace. In fact, God says, and he goes on with this, he says, if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And, and so just as we've been pulled down to the dance floor, how awesome is it when we go out into our communities and our families and say, you got to get into this dance floor of peace. you got to know what it's like to live loved and accepted and worthy because of Jesus Christ. And it brings me back to Dan and Laura. You know why I'm so geeked out, Dan and Laura? Because you guys are going to be so good at bringing each other on the dance floor. You guys are going to know failure, but you're also going to know the peace of God. And you guys are going to proclaim the gospel of that peace regularly, often. And you're going to do it for Ryan as well. And this is going to be a household that dances in freedom and love because of who? Not Dan or Laura. Or Ryan. Because of Jesus. And this is what happens when he's in the midst of our lives. We go out and we start living loved. And so maybe that's why you're here. To hear this message. To hear again that you have the same right to come out on the dance floor. Maybe not in amazing love, maybe, I don't know. But surely in life. To go out with peace and security. In fact, that's what we as Christians have learned to do. Our final takeaway is just this, that we share the peace of God because we share his love. And maybe you're here today simply to know his love. Maybe just as the heart of Dan and Laura was to put their wedding secondary and their love secondary, it was for you to know that primary is God's love and his heart for you. May you see that today. Oh man, I wish for you that this week you could crowd out every other voice and hear only of the voice of God who says, my child, my dearly loved one, you are the apple of my eye. You are my bride. May that peace overwhelm you today. Amen.